Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. As we talked uh, rolling into the break, how we interact with each other, how we see each other, and how we are seen by each other really influences our ability to work with each other. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said, you know, we, we hate each other because we don't know each other. We don't know each other because we don't listen to each other. We don't listen to each other because we don't interact with each other. And we have to do that. Uh, I want to go back to something we reported yesterday on KSL News Radio. We talked about it on the show. Uh, this new alliance be, between the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the NAACP, and the United Negro College Fund, which is an extension of previous efforts together over the last three years, uh, efforts around education, self-reliance, uh, budgeting and planning, a lot of things that were tailored to inner city families and communities that have made real impact on individuals, families, and those communities. And this is the the next step. And, and while much of the conversation yesterday was about the larger scholarships and the, the partnership that included the United Negro College Fund, uh, and the significant money being invested on humanitarian uh, type projects over the next several years. Uh, one of the things that was uh, most stirring to me was a a scholarship type program in the name of our friend Reverend Amos Brown. And again, he is the pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco. Uh, great civil rights leader was one of the last students trained by Dr. Martin Luther King before Dr. King was assassinated. And he has struck a very fascinating friendship with President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, and the two of them, uh, senior statesmen, to be sure, uh, vibrant as ever, both of them, uh, inspiring as all can be. It was so amazing yesterday to see... <laughs> These two, uh, who I'm certain could have outrun anybody in the room, with their energy, with their enthusiasm, with their excitement for what's next and and what's happening and what can be done. So the church is investing in a scholarship in the name of Reverend Amos Brown uh, to state to take young black students uh, on these trips to Africa, to Ghana, West Africa, and one of the things that. Reverend Brown said yesterday that has just stayed with me since he, he talked about taking these students there and how important it was for them to learn the history of the slave trade and the inhumanity of it all. But he made a very important clarifying 
point that many, I think, missed in the media, and that is that he said that these students are to go there not to become bitter, not to become bitter about what happened there, but to become agents of betterment because of it. So again, he's saying, we want to take them down there so they can learn that history, be connected to that history, but not so they can become bitter by the inhumanity of it all and how awful it was, but so that they will return as agents of betterment. Now, that is a classic Amos Brown uh, quote, if ever there was one. And I want to share just a little bit. Uh, We've followed... Reverend Brown uh, closely really for the last two plus years as this uh, relationship has emerged between uh, him and President Russell M. Nelson, uh, as well as these relationships between these two organizations. And I want to go back to something that Reverend Brown shared with us. Uh, This was back in Detroit uh, at the NAACP National Convention. And these, these things are still just as important today Uh, as they were two years ago. And coming out of the pandemic and coming out of all of the racial unrest and uh, riots and a lot of the other problems and difficulties we've seen over the past 14 or 15 months, uh, these words from Reverend Brown uh, are the ones that I've been thinking about today. If we don't learn to live together as brothers and sisters, as my teacher Martin Luther King so eloquently said, we will all perish as fools. We need each other. We should not turn on each other in these difficult times. We should turn to each other and be a dream team of interfaith, interracial, intercultural exchange. Each of us has something to offer. We used to sing that old song in nursery school. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. Your song will be my song and my song will be your song. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. The more we work together, I would add, the happier we will be. And that's uh, Reverend Amos Brown from the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco. And uh, I love these concepts that despite all the challenges that are out there in the world, that we shouldn't turn on each other. We should turn to each other. That's such an important concept when we turn on someone with, with contempt or anger or hate, uh, that just creates division. Those That division turns into a wedge. That wedge uh, can never build a bridge. It only pushes us further and further apart. Uh, I also love this, uh, this idea that uh, as we do look at this dream team, the way he described it, uh, of interfaith, interrace, intercultural exchange, that that's how we're going to get together and understand each other a little better. And that's going to create a better space uh, for everybody to move forward in a more significant way. And I just wanted to call that back out today because, again, I think this scholarship uh, that the church has uh, donated to this uh, Reverend Amos Brown a scholarship that will take these students uh, to to Ghana, West Africa. Uh, again, as uh, as Reverend Brown said, not to become bitter from the past and the inhumanity of it all, but to become agents of betterment because of it. 
And to me, that's the thing we all ought to be thinking about today. What kind of agent are you? We often talk about free agents when we talk about sports, that ability to do what you want. Look out for number one, take care of yourself, get what's yours, free agency. What we're really talking about, though, is can you be an agent of change? Uh, We know there's a lot of agents out there that are uh, agents of anger. We know there's a lot of agents out there that are agents of division. We know there's lots of agents out there uh, that are agents, you know, that really are just looking out for themselves. And there are some out there who are agents of change, who are willing to stand up and speak out. There are some agents of change out there that are exploring ways that they can make a difference today. But I love the way that that Reverend Brown framed this whole thing. Agents of betterment. Think about that on a Tuesday. What does that mean in, in your world? Because it's only as we set aside the politics, it's only as we set aside the personal agendas. And I'm sitting here in the studio and I can see eight different, I can see five different screens in front of me. Uh, Some of them are split into multiple screens. And they're all talking about all kinds of things that are divisive. Things that are not going to advance communities, societies, or countries. What if we changed the conversation? What if we changed who we were, how we see others around us? What if we all became agents of betterment? I think Reverend Amos Brown got it right. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here today on KSL News Radio. Be an agent of betterment today. As you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and of course, do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.